0: Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off.
1: Whether it be real estate, whether it be starting a business, but some way that that money's monitored because it doesn't make sense to give a kid $100,000 and he's a five-star athlete to expect him to be To give you everything that you need on the field with that type of money and freedom behind them. And then, you know, the expectation first and foremost is always has to be your academics and education.
0: Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. If you ever drunk out of a public... Drinking fountain and thought to yourself, and this was before COVID. Now I know nobody's drinking out of public water fountains anymore, but if you ever thought about like the different things, germs, bacteria that can be floating around a water faucet, this this thing that I'm about to tell you about is the way to go. It's called UV Bright. So it's a water bottle that you simply just press the button. And it purifies your water. Three steps: you fill up your bottle with water from any source of clear water, then you tap the button on the cap. It lights up; it's pretty cool. And then UV Bright's UVC purification technology it cleanses your water. You just have to wait about 90 to 180 seconds, and then you have clean, pure drinking water. It's the way to go, and you don't tear up the earth by just keep wasting and using. Uh, plastic water bottles so i I know most of us do use water bottles now but this is the next level because it purifies your water so um you might want to pick one up you just go to uv bright -bright uv-bright.com and the cool thing is i have a promo code all you got put in is shark effect 15 and you get 15 percent off so check it out It's for you, you're welcome. Keith, let me tell you, like his background is phenomenal in terms of the the marketing, sports marketing uh, business. Um, He's a managing partner of Athletes Business Consultants, LLC. And in his role, Keith is responsible for leading the execution of brand and marketing strategies for professional athletes, as well as business development initiatives for clients, poised to make the transition from the professional sports world, to entrepreneurship. You know, he's a seasoned entrepreneur in the sports business arena. Keith has over 25 years of experience in sports business development and sports marketing as a managing partner of his own boutique sports business development agency. Keith's experience includes executive positions with Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment as head of business development and marketing representing professional sports' most iconic athletes, coaches, and executives. He's also held a similar executive position with BDA Sports Management, leveraging the business brands for the NBA's top stars. Now, when he oversaw Lee Steinberg's Super Bowl parties, which is a a Lee Steinberg pillar event for business networking at the firm, Event guests have included NFL team owners, corporate CEOs, current draft class, Hall of Fame clients, tech moguls, and movie stars. So, you know, Keith has been around the block and he's he shook hands and he's met like, like top level people and he worked with top level people. And in addition, Keith oversaw the development of Steinberg Sports Analytics and analytics analytics company utilized by professional sports teams, the Obama presidential campaign sports group, and managing LSSE clients development in their entrepreneur endeavors. So Keith, Man, I, that was a long intro, but I just want people to, to, to know exactly what you do and how you do it. And and the things that you set up for me way back in 1996. Whoa, <laughs> So Whoa. I, I know, I've known you for, you've known, we've known each other for My. a very long time, man. So, man, I just want to, you know, talk a little bit about, like, back then, how sports <laughs> marketing how that's changed and I, I mean I remember the the first deal that you ever got me do you
1: remember you got me a couple Ooh. of the deals
0: <laughs> yeah I'm taking
1: you back Ooh. oh man well let me think let me try to think of how well we was it an appearance somewhere or was it something no, to do it was
0: it was next it was the next tale pager <laughs> oh <laughs> you kidding me? Really? No, you got me. It was yes. Wow! It was the, 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 the little the little flip pager. It was it was called what was he called? It was like a pager, but it was big okay. and it can do more than just page. Like I can keep my calendar and my contacts. And it was like, a, it, man, it was something you put on your belt. It was like a damn utility belt type of deal. Oh yeah, like
1: like a I, like a. Uh... <laughs>
0: What was it? Oh, dang it. I forget the name of it, but I went into training camp and I'm thinking, you know, I'm the coolest cat. I got me a, you know, I got me a deal. I got me a pager on my hip. Man, the dudes made so much fun of me talking about look like Batman with, the, <laughs> <laughs> with this utility belt deal, man. But I know it's come oh, a long way, man. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has. It,
1: it's the the business is it has uh, has grown leaps and bounds over the years with the money that's involved with it uh as well as the different opportunities that come with the digital presence now that wasn't there in 1996. uh but yeah at that time you know that particular space that we went into was a communication space because pagers and cell phones were just beginning to hit the market so those are deals that uh, that i was uh putting together for for guys like yourself you know to be able to execute and utilize the technology at the time kids will laugh at that technology now but that was the new technology at the time um so yeah that's really funny man it was the next l pager huh yeah. wow i mean stuff. i'm
0: trying to i'm trying to remember the name the exact name of it but i remember it wasn't even i mean we were still analog Was the pack
1: pack bell was it packed bill it might I, 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 I think so i, think I can't so. remember Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Verizon. Why? I wasn't Verizon Wireless at the time. They were Pat Bell or someone else, but no, it was great, man. I mean, what I will say is um, just to backtrack to 1996, it was always a pleasure working with you. Um, You know, you were one of the unique athletes because you were really innovative in your thought process as far as things that you were looking to do to transition out of sports and things to to, to really leverage your brand. Um, So deals like that and just our opportunity to be able to work together with those users over those over that time was great, and um, you know just kind of watching the evolution for you uh, do things from a marketing perspective, and then be able to transition into the Shark Effect podcast and and transition your career into something that you enjoy uh, m- first and foremost. But then you're also you transition well, and that's always been a challenge for a lot of the athletes. Um, um, transition man, from I, professional sports into, into, uh, in, into their, their next, next career.
0: Yeah, man, I appreciate that. And it was one of those deals that, you know, we all think that we can, we can play forever, but I just, you know, having the injuries back in college, it really like put in my mind that, Hey, this football thing, it's, it's not guaranteed. It's not going to last forever. So I just kind of like early on, especially with with you and, and Angelo, um, you know, my agent, kind of helped me start to think of myself as just more than, a, than an athlete and start thinking of yourself as a business. And then what, you know, what steps, what type of character that you need to have. And um, you know, speaking of that, man, I want to talk to you, I want you know, because we had a conversation offline, you know, talking about the whole name image and likeness and what does that look like for these collegiate athletes you know the good because that's what everybody thinks about right but the good the bad and the ugly uh the ugly you know, tell me your thoughts about you know what that looks like and who's going to benefit the most whether it's the athletes or the schools or or the companies
1: yeah i uh you know i i I really have a lot of mixed feelings about the nil not from the standpoint of the uh the collegiate athlete uh as it it relates to earning having being having the ability to earn additional income in addition to their scholarship so let me just make it clear from the beginning that i am pro collegiate athlete obtaining more funding for their lifestyle while they're in sports because of the commitments that they give up. I think the one thing that I'll kind of tap into first is the NILs um, I think are great um, for the athlete. I think they come with some caveats somewhat of a two-edged sword. Uh, I think the, the people who benefit from the NIL the most will be the same as the, it's, it's going to be the top end, the top end athletes at the top schools. So you'll have your quarterbacks from Alabama, Ohio State, um, Clemson, those players will benefit from the NIL because they'll be able to earn enough money in order to substantiate the time that they have to take away from their studies um, as well as their football endeavors um, in order to, to pursue those careers. Now, you'll also have the court, the schools as themselves benefit from it and I guess, let me me just backtrack a little bit. When I look at the NIL, I look at, first I look at the athlete and I look at them as far as an 18-year-old kid that has the ability to earn, I don't know what the set amount is on NILs, but to earn as much income as they can. Now, each deal that those athletes obtain, there's what's called activation around it, meaning they have a time commitment and commitments for those opportunities. If a local company, mattress company, or, or clothing company is going to pay them, let's say, $20,000 to make appearances, there's a commitment behind that. So the problem that I have with that as it relates to the student athlete is, of course, you're taking on this additional income, but we're losing sight of what the, uh, the actual goal is, first and foremost, to earn a degree, secondly, to be the best collegiate athlete you can in order to not only – maintain your scholarship, but to play at a high level at schools like Alabama, Ohio State, and so on. There's a real big commitment for the, for the players there. Mm. The problem that I see is that I, it's hard for me to understand how an 18-year-old student athlete, 18, 19-year-old, 20, 20-year-old student athlete is able to create a business at the same time they're playing football, at the same time they're studying, and to be doing all of those three things effectively. Um, so t- the time commitment for the athlete and the, and the overall commitment for the athlete is my first concern. Mm-hmm. Um, the second concern that I have is that athletes that have the ability to obtain to income, how will, they, how will they utilize those finances? For example, most athletes, not just collegiate athletes, but professional athletes, have very little financial literacy, have been taught very little financial literacy. Um, Forbes and some of the research that we've done in my my agency under our business development entrepreneurial arm tells us that 78% of professional professional NFL players are in financial distress within five years of their careers ending. That's a professional athlete that's made millions of dollars. If there's no financial literacy behind it, and there's no real plan behind the funds, what will that athlete utilize those, those funds for? It'll take it'll become more of a party money. It'll become more friend money, and then we add one more layer to it. That's when the vultures come—the people, unscrupulous individuals that identify opportunities to make money, but also identify opportunities to take money from these athletes. So when you add all that to the mix of just being a student athlete, it's very difficult to me to see a player being able to make significant amount of money outside of collegiate, outside of the university um, in order to maintain a certain lifestyle or or, or create a certain
0: lifestyle. So that's crazy because we had myself included as a financial literacy and then all the stats that you just said, and I was 30, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like there's guys yeah. who come into the league they're professional professional athletes they getting paid a lot of money and we still don't know exactly how to save it how to budget and now you know with some of these these young athletes whether they're 18 or 22 they're getting it at an even earlier age and and we were we're professional athletes like that's that's what we did that was our job these cats are they're, they're playing their sport, they're going to school, and now, now they're trying to uh, either start their, their business or you're helping somebody or, or you're the face of another business. And then the, the maturity that it takes to be able to understand that you are a business and there's, certain, there's a certain type of character that you need to maintain, there's certain relationships that you might need to break To you know, in order to have success, now it's it's happening at a much younger age, and then the maturity level is yeah, no, it's not going to be there.
1: No, no, no. It's just it's sort of opened up to sort of the wild wild west because there's no regulation, there's no one to be accountable, there's no one to stop someone from presenting a hundred thousand dollar deal to a a, a collegiate athlete who's going to take the deal. As to what falls thereafter, the legal ease that come into play when you don't when you don't um, um, when you don't follow through with the deliverables that you've promised the company, meaning mm. you don't you don't show up on time, you don't sign a set amount of items, you don't do the digital commercial, you don't send out the tweet when you're supposed to. If a player is not willing, that's the part of the activation. After you sign a the deal, there are a number of line items that you must complete on behalf of that company in order to uh, fulfill that agreement. And if you do not fulfill those agreements, you will be sued. Um, for example, we mm-hmm. spoke on the next deal, dealing up that, that idea for you, our first deal ever, which is a funny deal. Behind that, that page or that Batman item, there was mm-hmm. something that you had to do for that company. I can't recall exactly what it was, but there was something behind that 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 you had to do in order to fulfill that agreement, and that's where really where it becomes a problem for the for the athlete. And you, I just don't see where you have the time to be an athlete at a school like OSU, and uh, or or Oregon for that example, and mm-hmm. be able to be able to maintain your grades and to be able to, you know, do all this other off the field type stuff. Professional athletes have a hard time doing it, and they're paid. Handsomely as as pros to do it, but a lot of them fall short on those on those commitments. So that's those are some of the problems that I see that the student athlete faces. Um, You know, I think the thing that saved the NIL thus far where there haven't been more issues is because there's so few deals that are being done at a level that even makes sense, that nobody wants to engage. You know, I received emails over the last couple of weeks from trading card companies that I'm negotiating on behalf with the pit, companies like Panini and Topps and Leaf and so on, they're sending me emails looking for particular players in collegiate sports to give them NIL deals. Mm. The reason they're doing that is because the people who represent professional athletes or pre- represent athletes understand the cost benefit to that relationship. These companies are probably offering these kids, I would say, 50%, 50 fifty cents per signature, 35 cents per signature, whatever it is. But there's no dollar amount attached to that in order for us to go out and do all the time to represent the player, go through our due diligence, create that deal, and there's a $500 payout to mm-hmm. the student athlete, which is good for the student athlete. Um, but again, there's a commitment behind that. For each autograph you sign, you have to return those autographs in a timely manner. There's a certain way you have to do There's protocol for each of those deals that you're doing that they need to follow specifically by that in order for you to be paid for each autograph. And they count every single autograph. And if you smear one or you don't sign it correctly, they will deduct it from the allotment. I've seen that happen in a number of deals. And the players, you know, it, it is what it is. So, um... I just think that the the NIL was great as it relates to them opening the door to to provide the student athlete opportunities. I would love to see the bigger schools create a blanket dollar amount for all the student athletes, not just the star athletes. Um, Because understand that the universities, the top universities are going to use this as just another tool in order to attract the top talent. Now, you may have had a $200,000 budget for a great quarterback in the past that, that may have never hit the books. But now you can have a million dollar budget for that student athlete to bring into your school for three years um, and, and and openly pay him and guide that process. But that's one of 50 players on a team or a hundred players on a team in some cases in the collegiate, at the collegiate level or 90 players, whatever it is. So it's only one or two players out that really are gonna make significant money. I think the quarterback out of uh, uh, Alabama Hold on so you're saying a like fair
0: so you're saying like one or two players out of all per the, team. Oh, okay per team okay got you okay per
1: per, per per school will make any significant money the other 98% won't make any money and and 90% won't have any deals at all um and the other some of those guys will hustle up their own deals they'll create their own t-shirt companies and sell online but all that takes capital it takes someone to run it um, and anybody that's really in business is, is doesn't see it, doesn't see the cost benefit. The revenue side is just not there. Very few opportunities on the revenue side will be there. That's why you see the quarterback who's a uh, quarterback at Cle- the quarterback at Clemson. DJ, uh, I can't remember his last TJ. Uh, DJ, the, the, quarter- yeah. the starting quarterback at Clemson now has NIL deals. But let me give you an example of what happened recently. Them, uh, the, the head coach at postgame uh, said that he just wants players that play football and go to school not looking to make endorsement money. That's what he probably said which oh, is the wow. message to that. his quarterback. Yeah, he said that recently. So, you know, just like you guys faced it as professional athletes, well, you guys may have not have had a bad game, but you may have showed up in the papers somewhere doing an appearance and you might have been paid $10,000 for it. Well, your position coach sees that in the paper and know that you had a bad game. He's got to bring it up to you at, at practice. Same thing at the collegiate level. It's just, it's, if you're not performing at that level, but you're doing all this outside stuff, somebody's going to call you to the mat. And that's where DJ is now. He's got the deal. He's got to go through with the deal. He's not performing. So who loses in this? He loses as a student athlete because now the pressure's on him. The university's pissed because they're losing games. And the third level is the company's losing because they've committed this dollar amount to this 18-year-old kid that's not as good as they thought he was. So there's a lot of miscalculation. There won't be very many good decisions made on the front of those businesses, especially with companies who are starting out in the sports marketing realm, meaning utilizing and leveraging sports to enhance their brand, either they're using athletes or the teams or the logos to enhance their brand, there comes a, there's a price to pay with that. Particularly when you work with individual athletes, because they can yeah. they can um, they can create problems for you in a long, and they can create short-term problems for you if they don't follow through or if they get in trouble because your brand's associated with them at that point.
0: See, and that's what I want to talk to you next is like okay, because there's a whole bunch of different like things that's that's going on. Number one, if you're not performing as great as you would like or the school would like. So that's one thing, like when you're losing, nobody wants to be associated with you, right? So, so that's one thing. Another thing is injuries, injuries happen. Let's say uh, the the defensive end out of Oregon, Thibodeau, right? He's been nicked up, he's been banged up. And I know he, he signed like a, a, a big deal, right? An nil deal but yet he's not been able to go out there and, and, you know, be on the stage. So that's one other aspect. But then the the third piece is like the character issues, because these cats are, are, if you mean to tell me that 23, 24 year old NBA NFL, these rookies are having some character issues. It happens every year. And I'm just saying, just with these young guys, it, it happens to old heads as well. But now you got this 19, 18, 19, 20-year-olds that might not have all the best character or might, you know, um, have a bad game or not get the run that they want and they quit or they go out and do something dumb. And now this company and this school is linked to them. What type of advice yeah. do you give you know those cats who who have their ability, but yet they don't the, the character piece doesn't come you know nobody's coaching them up or talking to them about that. What type of advice do you give them or their parents on on
1: how to? Yeah act? yeah, that's interesting because what ha- what tends to happen um, is that you have young athletes student athletes who are already somewhat popular on campus, now they have a little money. So now they feel invincible. So now they begin to make 18-year-old, and 19-year-old decisions, you know, which mm-hmm. are which are not positive decisions in, in some cases. Um, in order for I think in order for whether it be a collegiate athlete, a professional athlete, you have to surround yourself with the right team. Meaning you have to have I'm not even not even an agent. You have to have you have to have people who are around you that are willing to give you tell you the truth. No. Yes, man. Willing to tell you the truth and willing to call you to the mat if you do something wrong, willing to to teach you and advise you on why you should make your decisions. You know, I can't envision any any kid that 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 has the ability to do NIA deal that collects one hundred thousand dollars has any idea of how much they owe in taxes. Nor do they have any idea of how to spend the money. Because with that type of money, it's gonna it's gonna cause problems. It's gonna cause more problems than 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 it's gonna solve as far as their ability to eat better meals, have more things, you know, whatever that may be, what they utilize the money for. So one of the things that I thought about, and, and I know I didn't touch on this earlier, was that these universities, if they allot, let's say $10,000 per player that comes into their university that plays on their football team or whatever the NIL deal looks like, 75% of that money should be allotted into an escrow. 25% of that money should be go directly to the player. That's net money. After taxes should go to that player for him to freely spend as he please chooses. The other money should be set aside for their... Um, Either very specific expenses that have to be outlined, or it should be put into an escrow for either some type of transaction that takes place once they complete their degree requirements.
0: Hey, I gotta let you guys know, I'm excited about the partnership that I've uh, created with Frog Fuel. So, Frog Fuel is a protein based company, it's a super protein. And what it is, I'm just going to simplify it and explain it. It's collagen, which is the predominant protein that's in animals and in people. So, collagen protein has a unique amino acid profile and it is the most critical building block of structural, supporting, and connective tissues in the body. And so, from the day you're born until the day you die, your body is continually breaking down and replacing proteins. Frog fuel. Is a fast-absorbing form of collagen protein that is fortified with amino acids. That means your body will absorb this within 15 minutes. And it comes in little small packs where you don't have to have a blender. You don't have to shake it till till you make it type of protein mix. Your body absorbs it. And it does that in a very efficient way. So if you're looking to up your game, whether it's repairing, recovering, or strengthening your muscles frog fuel is the way to go so you can you can get you some at frogfuel.com and please use shop effect 20 to be able to get 20 percent off your first order
1: whether it be real estate whether it be starting a business but some way that that money's monitored because it doesn't make sense to give a kid a hundred thousand dollars and he's a five-star athlete to expect him to be to give you everything that you need on the field with that type of money and freedom behind him and then. You know the expectation first and foremost is always has to be your academics and education. If I have a hundred thousand, is it easier for me not to sleep but I know I'm making more money than my professors? Should I go to class or should I just say, forget it? Mm-hmm. You, know, you have more guys pushing the envelope that way. I think the focus on school will be less because now you have more disposable income, you have more time, you have more people coming into your life that shouldn't be there. It's just a bad scenario all the way around. So I think it, in order for the NIL to truly work, it has to be regulated, it has to be monitored. And I don't don't see the NCAA, I don't see the universities developing those departments in order to manage that process on behalf of the athletes. So very similar to what you have with professional athletes, collegial athletes need to set up teams around them in order to help manage it. Um, I, I couldn't say give you a specific statistic but I'm not quite sure how many parents in addition to kids have the ability to manage you know large sums of money efficiently mm-hmm. and effectively but more importantly keeping in mind that he is only a student athlete he is not a professional athlete yet mm-hmm. so that's what I said we have, you have a small small percent of families that understand how to manage that process and have already insulated themselves um, but they'll usually come from more upper income, higher education families, parents, maybe doctors, lawyers, have MBAs, you know, so on and so on. They understand the process, understand how to manage money. But in most cases, that's not the case because, as I said earlier, you have 78% of professional athletes, professional athletes in the NFL and 60% of NBA players are in financial distress three to five years after their, after their career concludes. So those are the real statistics. That's, that's what it really looks like.
0: Yeah, look at the numbers. That's right. You got to separate facts from feelings. I always say, you know, look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so let me ask you. So for like, let's say a quarterback or how about like a, a basketball player, male or female, and they hit like this game-winning shot, or they kick the game-winning field goal, or game-winning drive. And you know, you already kind of have like an entrepreneurial spirit. And you want, like, man, I, like maybe I should make some some cool T-shirts. Like, what type of process can you can you give them in terms of like how do you make the most out of an opportunity, like a, like a flash, you know, something happens big, how can I capitalize yeah. on that while I'm still relevant?
1: Yeah, I think I think in order like those momentary things, I think it's a great opportunity for NIL kids, but they I mean it kind of goes back to the school has to help them them with this. Meaning um let's say a kid make the final shot of the final four game or NCAA championship. It'd be great for him to be able to capture that image, put it on a t-shirt and utilize, create an e-commerce platform in order to move those items. The most efficient way to me that that those kids can make money is are situations like that where you may have a moment in time that you can sell throughout the course of the, the football season or the NBA season um, that the student body buys into. I think the one thing that kids have to be careful with as far as their market is to understand that their market is the campus or is the student body the alumni base and the people who really follow your university. And if you can create a digital platform that allows you to, whether it be bumper stickers, whether it be t-shirts, whether it be hoodies, um, I think it's great, especially situations like that are, are more flexible because you have opportunities to hire companies that will, that will manage the fulfillment side. So let's say for example, if you had a big interception you have the Ohio State Michigan game, and you have the big touchdown, and you're able to you're able to utilize that moment and create a brand behind that moment. Um, companies that'll do the fulfillment. You may have a ten thousand hoodie order, so that's how you can hit lightning in a bottle as it relates to the NIL, which is probably more effective, I think, in the long run for the student athlete than a traditional transactional deal, because what it does, it creates an entrepreneurial mindset for you early on where without you knowing, you begin to understand what a profit and loss is. You know that if I bought this t-shirt, this hoodie cost me $25, I have to sell it for more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, So you understand that I have to sell it for $30. And what's my profit? My profit is $5. That's a typical income uh, profit loss or, or income statement for you right there, which is your revenue minus your expenses. $30, you sold it for. Minus the $25 you bought it for leaves you with $5 in your pocket. Very simple business one-on-one. Whether it's a widget, a car, it's all the same. It costs you a certain amount, and you have to sell it for a certain amount. So I think it helps them understand that the kids are great with social media platforms, with digital. They can scale items so much more effectively because of, of, of social media. And if they built up a social media platform, or Clampus, if you if they've done that early on and they have somewhat of a following, if the university is willing to give them a little bit of a push through their, uh, through their platforms, um, other, other, uh, uh, other things on campus, sororities, fraternities, clubs, associations, parties, you know, if you can get it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Throwing parties, you know, remember the, 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 the catch, the, the nice party is called the catch. So be there be square. So, there are opportunities for student-athletes definitely to make money. Um, I'm not going to say big money, but it's labor-intensive, it's capital-intensive, and the most important thing is you got to have someone there that really has been through this to guide you through it, because I, I just don't envision um, you know, student-athletes being able to do it. A lot of times you see these things pop up on campuses already because someone's on campus been able to help them, a kid that's in the MBA program or getting a major in business that teams up with the player and they figure out how to start a business, you know, those are good opportunities because I think it's more than just a transaction of earning a dollar. Now you're learning about the real world and how things truly work as far as bills and funding and budgets and, and, uh, they create a quality product that you're trying to sell.
0: Mm -hmm. So if, you know, with, with this, you know, having that knowledge of man, maybe I should have somebody who can help me, or maybe manage that. What what can parents and what can these 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 young athletes kind of look for, or questions that they can ask these um, maybe small time um, marketing directors or sports marketing companies? What are some of the tools that that you can give the, these parents of, of athletes and, and also the athletes, like what type of questions should they be asking these people who want to help them, you know, with their NILs or, or at least NIL opportunities?
1: Yeah, I think, I think the first thing that you'd have to ask yourself is what, what, what would be their true commitment? And the first thing is their commitment because the NIL deal is going to take a lot of time Again, it's going to be labor intensive. It's going to take time to create opportunities for collegiate athletes. It takes time to do it for professional athletes. So it's gonna take even more time for collegiate athletes. Um, that's the first thing, what their commitment will be. The second thing is can they can they create a model based on any anybody that's coming to represent someone's child, someone's child or family member, or if you, if you go to their advisor, Um, you know, they should be able to sort of give you an overview of opportunities that they envision for your individual scenario, that kid's individual scenario. Who he is, where he is, and what he is are the questions he should be able to answer. And then paint a picture to each family as to kind of how it would look over the next 30, 60, 90 days, the next year. And kind of paint a picture of how that roadmap should look. What we'll do first, we'll do this first, we'll do this second. You want to have a clear, concise plan that may not stay true to form because of the numerous variables that come into um, marketing. Um, But you do want to have a picture of what they plan to do for your child. And more importantly, have an agreement in place that outline that and make sure the number one thing is that whatever company they're dealing with that the company pays the parents first the parents in turn or the family or the advisor then pays the marketing agency got
0: it yeah yeah that makes sense
1: and then and and then and then on top of that one most important thing is set aside the tax bite for each deal that you do, you have to set aside a certain dollar amount, depending on your tax situation. In most cases, for the kids, it'll be around 20%. But you got to set around, set aside 20% for federal income taxes, not state income taxes, federal income taxes. Set that aside and pay that, have that in a separate account to know that that money has to go to the IRS at some point.
0: Mm-hmm. Got
1: it. Because the kid will get a hundred thousand, thinking he has a hundred thousand. Think he got a hundred? That ain't a hundred. No, it's not a hundred. It's not really a hundred. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh man, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, when you're talking, I was like, man, what if, you know, because back in the day when I was playing, you know, during the summertime, they had camps that the universities would run, like football camps, Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, I didn't get anything out of it. (laughs) That was just like. Hey, yeah, you know, help out at this camp. Maybe you get a free lunch or something like that. And I'm like, man, what now? What if you're like, like you're the that, that star? You can run your own clinic or camp during the summer, and teach kids. You know, maybe the, the nuances that you've learned. You know, whether it's you know hitting a baseball, shooting three pointers, or we're on catching balls or quarterback type of type of clinics or camps that they can possibly you know have a business on is that a yeah is no, that I, something I, that mm-hmm. is, is that something that could you know could 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 happen somebody's yeah, I, you know I for some of these guys
1: yeah no no i definitely think that um you know when you look at the entrepreneurial side i think i used um I was using t-shirts as just more of a prime example that most student athletes can develop on their own, mm-hmm. um, no matter where they are. Uh, the events is another place of uh, creating your own events and developing your own events and camps and clinics and training sessions. Yeah, All that stuff definitely are opportunities for athletes to really engage. And I think those are great because I think not because they're not transact- just transactional and you make money from them. But I think what it does is it creates an entrepreneurial mindset for the student athlete because eventually you'll branch, you'll branch beyond camps, you'll branch beyond clinics, you'll branch into franchise purchasing or different things. And if your mind is going in that direction and you're surrounded by established seasoned people, that can help you nurture that and nurture it at a pace that's, that you can sustain the one thing that I find that I think will happen that they did in the NFL is they create these entrepreneurial sessions over the weekend for athletes to go to Harvard, to go to Stanford, to go to these top universities, but they that they push so much information. In, and talking about professional athletes. Grown men now push so much information into them over that two-day period that they don't bring it back and able to digest it and then utilize it in their life. I think that, The universities will eventually get to that point where they'll teach kids more about the entrepreneurial side or guide the programs, the football programs, into entrepreneurial, um, more of a mindset. But I think if they start events, they start doing more entrepreneurial things, I think it'll help them. It's just the overall mindset moving forward. And they'll understand budgeting and all the things that that go with that uh, a little bit more precisely than people that, that don't engage.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Keith, man, man, this has been very helpful for me kind of understanding the whole NIL, um, you know, these collegiate athletes, not all of them, but, you know, some of these kids, they can, they can be able to, um, you know, to capitalize, instead of waiting until they, you know, hopefully they become professional athletes, but some of them have an opportunity to put a little money in their pocket You know, but with that, I think you've already shared that, man. There's the good and the bad that comes with that. There's the Sharks that's going to come with that. There's the, you know, the pressure that comes with winning and having success. There's a pressure that, you know, as a team, as a team, you know, uh, we already talked about that, but like the quarterback for Clemson, he's already dealing with that. They're not doing all that hot, but he signed a, you know, a big, a big deal and so now the 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 spotlight is on him even more spotlight comes on him but um, Matt, thank you for 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 opening up and and sharing some of your knowledge um how can how can people get get more of you are you on linkedin or or anything like that yeah you
1: get anyone that like to connect with me today through the um would connect me through linkedin keith harris and then uh i'm actually launching uh, the rebranding for ABC starting tomorrow, we, we, we're doing a, re, a relaunch. So you can go to abc.com or ABC uh, Sports Ventures online, and we'll make sure we get that information out to them at a later date, Alex.
0: Oh, that's perfect, man. Thank you very much, man. Keith, hey, I really appreciate your time and your expertise, and man, I'd definitely love to have you on The Shark Effect again.
1: My pleasure, Alex, as always. Thank you so much, and congrats on on the transition and and keep pushing in it. And then when you get up to 100,000, 100 million followers, just invite me to one of the events, (laughs) and I'll sit in the the back. I love it so much. You're going to help me
0: run it. You're going to help me run it, what you talking
1: about. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that, too.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shark Effect podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, Please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at TheSharkEffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for High Achievement. You can get it on Amazon and the uh, paper paperback version or you can get it on Kindle and who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking to, to transition whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever if you're looking to transition into something different this book can help you I break it down I lay down the foundation of who you want to be I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment, and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter developing your own procedures creating relationship roadmaps using adversity to your advantage right because we all go through tough times but how do you flip it how do you use it to power you okay and then developing your own standards so these are things that can help anybody not just not just athletes now there's some stories in there